I want to thank you all for allowing me to be here to uh, speak a word of the Lord from uh, from God's word. And uh, yeah, I am from the Brown Trail School of Preaching. <laughs> and I do want to thank you for your gracious support for allowing me to go to the school. It has been hard, but it's been an honor and it's been a privilege to go to that school. But it's also been an honor and a privilege to know that you guys have supported me throughout these uh, two years. And I am almost done with it. I have two more quarters to go. But thank you for your prayers and your support. Now, having said that, I want you to turn your Bibles to James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And there are some things that the Bible teaches that I'm not going to tell you anything new. Uh, if, if you ever hear a preacher come here and say, I have something new to tell you, please don't listen to that preacher because there is nothing new that he can tell you. And I know this because in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verses 12 and 13, this is just something that Peter said when he was talking to the Christians about a reminder. Wherefore, uh, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of the things, though you know them, uh, and be established in the present truth. Yeah, I think it meet or necessary as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. So Peter just basically just wanted to stir the people up by telling them some things that they already knew for a reminder. So what am I going to remind us of today? I'm going to remind us of something that is very, very dangerous to us, and we need to always keep this in mind. And so in James chapter 1 and verses number 19, there is a reason why we have two of these ears and one of these mouth. There's a reason for that. And I want us to look at verses number 19 of James chapter 1. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. That's the reason why we have two of them, two ears. Slow to speak. That's the reason why we have one mouth. And slow to wrath. And the reason why that is the case is because we can use our mouth, our tongue, in a way that is not God-like. And so many times we say things that we should not say. And many people are going to be condemned by the things that they say. And not just condemned by what they say. Some people will be condemned by how they say them. It's not enough to just be honest with people and tell them the truth, but you have to speak the truth in love. And so I don't ever want you to forget this. If you don't get anything else out of this lesson, that truth without love is an insult. It can be taken as an insult. It's not enough just to tell the person the truth, but if you are just truthing them to death, Basically, they're just going to take that as an insult. Well, what if you just tell, what if you just love them without telling them the truth? What happens? Oh, then basically what you're doing, you're seducing the people. You're lying to the people. 
And so you have to have both according to Ephesians 4 and verses number 15. But speaking the truth, how in love. So you have to have both together. So now, I want you to turn your Bible. Y'all still in James? I want you to look at James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And what we learn in James 3 and verses number 5, that we have a member of our body that must be controlled. And that is the tongue. It is one of the small, the smallest members of our body, but yet it can cause a person to be set on fire with anger, but it can also cause your soul to be set on fire. It can also cause your soul to be set on fire, and you know the fire that I'm talking about. So it is very critical how we use our mouth. And notice verses number five, even so the tongue is a little member and boasted great things. Behold how great a matter and a little fire it can it can start a it can start a forest fire. That's how dangerous this little member of our body is. And so most of the time, most of the time when people speak Generally, when they speak, they speak out of emotions, out of anger, and I'm going to deal with that later. But you can have a big, strong man, 300 pounds, a manly man that can lift 500 pounds at a time, and then he can be melted like butter by the things that's said to him. That's how powerful the tongue is. Word, I don't care what anybody say. Words matter, and words have meaning, and words can do things to people that nothing else can do to them. And so, like I said, it's very, very critical that we know how to control our tongue and we need to know how to speak to people. And like I said, I'm not saying anything that you don't already know, but I'm just stirring us up that we can know how to speak. And so, what are some of the ways that we should not speak to people? Let's see if we can just break some of these categories down. Let's just see. Well, one of them, one of them is, let me take a look here. Let me see what I got here. One of them is cursing. Oh, my goodness. Or euphemisms. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, some of those harsh, negative, derogatory words that we use from time. None of us in here use them, but some of those harsh negative words that we use from time to time that we tell our kids that we shouldn't use them, but we use them, or even the euphemisms. You know, we replace the curse word with another word, but it's really the same meaning. Is that right before God? I don't think so. No, you can't use euphemisms either. And so we have to be careful how we use our mouth. And so you're in James chapter 3. Let's just take a look at James chapter 3 and verses number Nine, verses number nine. Have you ever seen a water fountain? One water fountain, and it has crystal clear blue water, and it refreshes your soul when you take a sip of it. But at the same time, you're drinking that water, it has salt and bitter and metal tips in it, and it's nasty. At the same time, the same fountain. Have you ever seen a fountain? How many of y'all have seen a fountain like that? For the show of record, there's no hands, there's nobody saying they've never seen that before because that's never happened before. Well, this is what God is saying to us. You as a child of God, you should never, 
ever have the audacity to speak God's word that can save people's soul and then turn around at the same time cut somebody out. I have, I have personally seen this before. A person was talking to another person and the person made them mad and what they did was, Lord forgive me, but that's such and such, such and such. You know, they were using derogatory words, cussing them out. Now they had just used the Lord's name and saying, Lord, forgive me. And then they turn around and cuss the person out. What kind of Christian is that? Would you follow a person that talks like that in public? I don't think I want to follow a person like that. And so that's, that should not be so. And then so in James chapter 3 and verse number 8, but the tongue can no man tame it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith, bless we God now, I love the Lord, even the Father, and therewith cuss we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. We shouldn't do that. So if you have a problem with your mouth, this particular issue, you need to study this, you need to study this subject. Now, what's the name of my subject while I'm on that? The name of my subject is every idle word. Every idle word. And we need to be real careful what kind of words come out of our mouth. What's another negative thing that we, that we do with our mouth? I'm guilty. I've been guilty of some of these that I've listed. One of them is lying. I'm going to confess my sins. I don't know about y'all. Y'all looking like y'all have halos and wings, but I'm going to confess my sins. I'm going to be out in the open. I'm going to be transparent. I will never forget. There was a preacher that had preached a lesson, and he wasn't very good. And uh, I didn't like the message or anything. Like, and it happens. You, you'll hear a message that you don't care particularly for. He didn't do a good job. He stumbled, bumbled along. It happens to preachers sometimes. And after the message, we were leaving out, you know, the preachers at the back door, and I walked right up to him, stuck my hand out, shook his hand, and said, good job. Oh, I lied right in his face. Why in the world? I lied on church ground at that, too. I just lied right in this man's face. The man was awful, and I lied to him. Now, why in the world? Now, let me, just, let me just let you know this right now. Whoever gets in this pulpit and preaches, I don't care if it's me or if it's David or whoever, if they don't do a good job, please don't shake his hand at the back door and tell him good job if you don't mean it. Don't do him like that. You shake his hand and you keep it moving. But don't lie in his face. Don't lie in his face and say that you did. Because what you've done, you just lied. And in according to Revelations 21, verse 8, all liars will have their part in the lake that burneth with fire and breath. Wait a minute, God, I was just trying to be nice. What did the Bible say in Revelations 21? Hey, it didn't say small lie. It didn't say white lie. It didn't say, it didn't say a lie that could help a person. It said all liars will have their part even the smallest little bit, because every idle word that a man should speak, he should give an account in the day of judgment. 
So you have to be careful. Don't lie to the preacher. Don't lie to your brothers and sisters. Don't lie. Wait a minute. Let me, I, I got to say this. This is not a part of my lesson, Norm, but I got to say this. If your wife asks you, sisters, don't ask your husband if you look good in that dress. Don't ask him that. <laughs> because he might have to tell the truth. No, he has to tell the truth. Don't call, what I'm saying, don't cause your brother to stumble by asking him a question like that. You know good and well, if you don't look good in that dress to yourself, don't go ask somebody else to see if you can get a validation if you look good. Just don't ask at all. Just put it on and wear it and go on. But don't ask your husband. Putting his, putting his soul in danger knowing that he's going to lie to you or not say nothing and make you mad and it starts off. Now, that wasn't a part of my lesson, but it's not costing you anything, but I just thought I'd drop that anyway. Don't ask your husband that. Stop doing that. And husbands, don't lie to your wives and tell them they look good. Just go ahead and say, honey, put another dress on. Just go ahead and do that. Let me move on because there are some other ways that we need to be careful about how we use our mouth. And one of them, one of, another one is complaining. And I have been guilty of this one too. Complaining. That's uh, Colossians 3 and verse number 9 as far as the line. But the complaining is Philippians 2.14 and Numbers 14, 1 through 35. You take a look at that for yourself. Numbers chapter 14 1 through 35, what's the problem with Numbers 14, 1 through 35? What's the problem with that? Well, God had saved them, and he kept providing for them. And you know what they did? They kept complaining. They complained about everything. Now, granted, there are some circumstances that we don't like. We don't like getting old. We don't like feeling sick. We don't like being tired. We don't like being broke. We don't like that. We don't like seeing our loved ones be sick or die. We hate that stuff. But the question that I have to ask you, what good is it going to do you to complain about it? It's okay to ask God a question, but it's never okay to question God. Y'all understand that? Do you, does that make sense to y'all? You can ask God, God, Lord, can you please help me to understand what's going on with me and why am I having such trouble? But don't be like the Israelites and say, God, you see we hungry, can't you feed us? You, you see how, you see the difference there? You know I'm struggling, where, where are you? What are you doing, God? See, we should, <laughs> we should never, ever approach God's holy throne. You know the last time I saw somebody question God like that, challenge God, was Job. Job had over 70 questions asked him. So he wanted to question God, so God turned around and questioned him. And so how many questions do you think Job answered? Not one of them. And so if you are feeling challenged about whatever you got going on and you don't like your situation, ask God. Go to God about it. But don't complain about it. Don't go bickering to the elders about it and they can't do anything about it except go to God themselves and pray about it and hope that the situation change. But don't go, don't go stick in your hand of rebellion in God's face and try to challenge God because God just might challenge you. 
So we need to be careful. We need to be very careful about complaining. And so, because you will get, you will have a day when you have to be reckoned with God about that. Now, I want everybody to turn their Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18. This right here is a big problem. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. And the reason why I want that, the reason why I want us to go there, because one of our problems, one of our biggest problems is gossiping. Oh, see, I know, I, hey, I don't know, I don't know y'all personally like that. I don't know your business like that. But Proverbs 18 and verses number 8, there is a, and I'm going to try to read it out of a different version so you can really understand what's being said. Or some of you might have different versions. But the Bible says that the words of a talebearer are gospel or wounds, and they go down in the innermost part of the belly. What does that mean? Let me just take a look at another version of that. I want us to notice, it says the words of a talebearer are like dainty morsels. They are like good food that go down into the belly. It has a sweet, delicious taste. Why do people never, hardly ever, turn down gossip? Because you get the dirt on somebody and it just feels so right to hear about. Child, did you hear what Mildred has done today? You know what Johnny did? Oh, child, that's nothing. I know something else that they did. Boy. And then the next thing you know, you know what you, you, know what you say? You know what you say? Some people are guilty, Norman, of this. I come to you and I say, Norman, now don't tell nobody. Okay, but you know, such and such, such and such did this. And then Norman, he goes to his wife and he say, now, girl, this is what this is what I heard. And he tells his wife. And then you know what she does? She goes, she turns around and she tells somebody else. And she tell guess what she said? She said, Well, don't tell nobody that I told you. And the next thing you know, you have talked about this person, you have slandered this person, and the next thing you know, they some serial killer, murder rapist, and they haven't done any of that. But word gets around about somebody because you have the dirt on them, and you tell somebody that you shouldn't tell. That's gossiping, and you should never, because you should never talk about people like that because you never know. Somebody may know some dirt on you, and you definitely don't want your dirt out. Oh, everybody looking clean and right and holy right now, but trust me, there are some private issues that you don't ever want getting out. And if somebody was to know about them, you wouldn't want the whole congregation to know. No, you wouldn't, let alone tell your private business at all. So we have to be careful about the gossiping. And that's a big time problem because like I said, it's just like it's just like an all you can eat plate. Talking about people and having to do that's the reason why we have soap operas, tabloids, and all that extra stuff. I don't look at none of that stuff because I don't care about anybody else's business. I don't have time. I have school to go to, finals at that. So I don't have time to get up into anybody's business. But as a Christian, we don't have time to get up into anybody else's business either. So Let's be careful about what we say out of our mouth about somebody else. What's another one? And I'm not going to try to keep you long, but I just thought that this was very important. What about, what about as teachers, 
and preachers. We need to be real careful. Yes, we have the truth. Yes, we have, we have the truth as it's in the Bible. We have that. We know about the plan of salvation. We know that the Church of Christ is the only church in the Bible, but how do we present that message? We have to be very, very careful how we present the truth to people. To tell somebody that they're going to die and go to hell because they're not a member of the church is not going to draw anybody. It's not. And so we have to be careful how we do that. If you speak wrong for God, God is going to hold you accountable for that. James 3 and verses number 1, Brethren, be not many masters, for they that are such shall uh, endure a stricter condemnation. Mean God is going to judge you more strict than anybody else. That go for elders, that go for myself as a preacher, as a teacher, or if you speak for God personally, you must speak for God right. First Peter 4.11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability that God give it, so that God in all things may be glorified. God can't get any glory if you can't tell him the truth. And so Ephesians 4 and verses number 29 let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, but that which is edifying to the hearers in due time. In other words, you can build somebody up. You can cause somebody to actually obey the gospel of Christ when you speak the truth of God's word. And that is very important because what you say to a person can cause a person to be lost and what you say to a person can cause a person to be saved. And it's all about the message that you bring. So Colossians 4 and verse number 6, uh, it said, let me turn over there. Let me turn over there. Colossians 4, I want everyone to turn over there to Colossians 4 and verses number 6. Because the Bible says, let your speech be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. Well, what is salt? Salt there preserves people. It's a preservative. Now, it's rough and abrasive at the top when you rub it in, and that's the true part of it, but you rub it in gently. Telling the person, seasoning the person with this salt, the salt of the gospel, is what can preserve a person's soul. Yes, truth can be a little harsh, but it's how you present that truth, and you must present that truth the right way. Everybody understanding that? So present that truth in a way to where people can understand it, to where people will want to obey it, and where people will want to follow it. Now, before I close, I want us to notice something. I want us to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11, and then we'll wrap this thing up. 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Everybody should know, and I'm assuming that everybody knows the story of David, how David took the throne, and then he saw a woman one day in chapter 11. He saw a woman one day bathing, and so he inquired of her, and then the next thing you know, he did something with this woman that he had no business doing. And so he committed adultery with this woman, and then he had the woman's husband, Uriah, killed in battle. So now he's not only an adulterer, but now he's a murderer. And so Nathan was told to go to David 
and tell him this parable about this little ewe lamb and how the little ewe lamb was loved by the family and then this king had taken the man, taken the man's little ewe lamb and dressed it and served it to his people. Now, I want you to notice, David spoke out of emotions, out of so-called righteous indignation. And so what he did was, once he heard this parable, once, and you have, to love what, you have to love what Nathan said to him. Nathan said, and I'm just, I'm paraphrasing to make a long story short. Nathan said that thou art the man. You are the man. You did this. Well, the problem with all this is that David said something that was going to cost him. He didn't know this. And this is the reason why I said be careful how you talk when you talk righteous indignation. Even in the privacy of your own home, you have to be very careful how you talk about people. And I've been guilty of that, too, about talking about people in the privacy of our own home. Be careful because God has us on record about what we say and what we say about people. And so David, once he found out, once he found out that he was the man in chapter 12, once he found out that he was the man, he said this. And I want us to look at verses number 11. Verses number, oh, I'm sorry, verses number eight. Start right there. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into the bosom and gave thee into the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such things, such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do this evil in the sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken the wife to be thy wife and has slain him with the sword and of the children of Amnon. And so... What happened? God said, you're going to pay. Now, why did God say that? Now, I'm going to show you how God made him pay. Verses number six, David was so angry about this, about this parable that was brought to him. He said this in verse six, and he shall restore the lamb, underline that word there, fourfold, because he did this thing and because he had no pity. David said that. Well, God made him pay for that, just like that. If you keep this account going, in chapter 13, in chapter 13, chapter 13, in verses number 29, David had a son by the name of Absalom. Absalom was killed. That first, what about that first son that David had? Well, that first son died in chapter 12 and verse number 18. So now you have two sons. Well, David had some more sons. David had another son that was killed in chapter 2 Samuel chapter 18, 14 through 17. So now you have three sons that are gone. What about that last son? Well, in 1 Kings chapter 2, and verses number 24 through 25, it's about a man by the name of Adonijah. That was David's last son. How many sons is that? That would be four. All because David spoke. David said, this man is going to repay fourfold. Well, guess what? God made him repay fourfold because he ran his mouth the way he shouldn't. Instead of saying he was sorry, 
He said, no, this man will pay fourfold. And so David paid for son number one, number two, number three, and number four because of what he said. And what I'm telling us, we need to all be careful how we speak about one another. Because every idle word that a man shall speak, he should give an account in the day of judgment. By thy words thou should be justified, and by thy words thou should be condemned. What are the words that we need to be speaking today? We need to be speaking the truth today, and we need to be speaking the truth in love. And so what do we need to be claiming? We need to be claiming and proclaiming the gospel of Christ. And there are people that have not obeyed the gospel of Christ. Why? Because sometimes we don't tell them, or sometimes we don't know how to tell them, or sometimes we don't want to tell them. Well, what is the gospel of Christ? The gospel of Christ is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, how Jesus came and died and was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Now, people need to believe that. They need to believe that to the point to where they use their mouth to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God after they have repented of their sins. Luke 13, 3 and verse number 5, if a person does not repent, then they can't be saved. So after repentance, then confession is made. Romans 10, 9 and 10, Matthew 10, 32. And then after that confession, a person is baptized for the remission of their sins. And then what are they to do? They are to go out and to proclaim what they know as far as the gospel of Christ is concerned. This is how it's supposed to be done as far as all Christians are concerned. We need to be proclaiming that truth and speaking that truth and speaking the truth in love. And we need to be careful about what we say because every idle word that we say, we will give an account. And you want to give an account to be justified before God and not condemned. Now, I don't believe that there's anyone in here that needs to obey the gospel of Christ, but you might need the prayers of the righteous, the prayers of the saints, whatever issue that you may have. Or you might need the prayers of, or the repent of sins or whatever the case may be. Well, I, I suggest that you do that, get that taken care of. Come on, come now while we together stand and while we sing.